join us as we begin to worship. I'm so excited for today to be here with you. I'm so excited for what God's doing in the hearts and lives of everybody here. I'm super pumped to hear Melissa teaches this morning. This will be awesome. And I'm so happy that you're all here this morning. Let's worship together. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, and when sorrow comes to steal the joy I'm on, and when brokenness and pain is all I know, oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my doesn't stand a chance.
praise this morning. Come on. Thank you, God. We can stand in your love. We don't have to be afraid of what's coming, Lord. Anything we're up against, Lord, you are mightier, Lord. Your love is greater and stronger, more powerful. Yes, Jesus. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up.
is Jesus. Lord God. forward. I, I want to do something just a little bit different this morning. As we continue to worship, we're going to receive our offering. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. Look, I encourage you this morning. There's, there's nothing else that you would rather fall back on. Whatever area of your life right now that you feel is lacking, you feel is missing, I encourage you. He is love, he's joy, he's peace, he's patience, he's kindness, he's goodness, he's faithfulness, he's self-control. He is all those things, and it's, it requires trust. It requires just leaning into him. I want the band to, here in just a little bit, go back into that bridge. We're going to finish it out with that as they go into this next song. But as you do, I just want us to bow our heads real quick. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings just as a moment of trust, a moment of opportunity to thank God. Lord God, I'm, I'm lacking in this area and, and right now. Not that we pay for anything. That's not what it's about, but it's about trust. It's God, look, I, I'm giving back to you what's already yours, even though I need it, even though I think I'm holding on to it, even though I rely on it, Lord God, because I'm not going to make this an issue of what I hold on to when I fall back. When I fall back, God, I'm leaning on you. You are the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and I know I can rely on that. I know I can rejoice in that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give back, to give to you, Lord Jesus, to see you do things, Lord God, in our lives that, that we can't even begin to imagine. You moved in power then, Lord God. We're praying you move in power now. You are the same God. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to just to give back to you, Lord Jesus, to trust you what with what we know is yours to control. God, thank you for this opportunity. Amen. You heard your children then. You hear your children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then. And you will answer now. You are the same God, you are the same God, you were providing then, God you're providing now, you are the same God, you are the same God.
We thank you that you are the same God. Without beginning, without end. Always, you are the same. As we go to this next song, I, I want to share something with you. This is a uh, Psalms 107, 10 through 16. It says, Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the word of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. And that's why he broke them with hard labor. And they fell. And no one was there to help them. But God. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkest and deepest gloom, and he snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. No doubt, they got there on their own, right? That's every one of us. I mean, I've, I've lived through that, being broken and crying out to God because he was the only one that could pull me out of my pit and break my chains. But, I mean, really, guys, it's, it's all of us. Sin. Sin makes you a prisoner to your own flesh to your own desires or what did it say they cried out Lord help he freed him he pulled him out of the pit he broke their chains you're never you are never too far there is no distance that he wouldn't go for you. I'm living proof of what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you believe me now. 
turned my whole life upside down and he took the old and he made me it's just what the mercy of god can do now i'm alive to tell the story how i've overcome his goodness and mercy and the power of his blood and i'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what i've done but the goodness and mercy and the power of love
begin to give him praise this morning. Just make a joyful noise this morning. He has broken your chains. He has freed you from your prison. He's pulled you out of your pit. The least you can do Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. God, you're a God of goodness and mercy. God, you're a God of goodness and mercy, and that is good news. Let's get excited a little bit this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that you are a God of goodness and mercy. Why don't you tell somebody around you, God's a good God, and he's a merciful God. He's a good God and a merciful God. Say hello. Greet a few people. Before you take your seat, he's a good God. Mm, so good to be here this morning with all of you on this crisp morning. God is a good and merciful God. Amen, amen, amen. Wasn't that just amazing worship together this morning? Yeah. felt my soul kind of coming awake and alive in that. Anybody else? Amen. If your soul wasn't coming awake and alive in that, you need to go back to Jesus some more. Get at his feet and ask him <laughs> to make it come alive. Come alive, Jesus. Amen. Well, if you're a guest with us this morning, we appreciate you being here. Thanks for coming. Um, if you want us to know that you're here as a guest, we've got a little kind of a new here 
process that we like to go through. It's a, it's a card you can fill out, put your name in. You can check a box if you want to know more information. You can either do that uh, digitally or in person. They're, those cards are in the back of your seat. Or if you're online, the, the link is in the comments. But uh, we're just glad you're here. We do have a gift for you if you're here in person. And you're welcome to, to grab that on the way out. It's on your right, on your way out of the door. So we'd love for you to stop by the new here table and say hello. But we're glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, it's good to be at Christian Fellowship Church this morning. My name is Brandon. That was Will here in the middle. Uh, Corey, Pastor Corey. So we're all pastors here. We got Pastor G. So good morning. And um, I don't have to do the offering, so that's good. Corey already did that this morning. I'm going through the paces in my head, making sure I'm not forgetting anything. We do have an announcement video coming up, and I think that's all I got. We also have Miss Melissa coming up today. So let's let's see those announcements. What's up, Sea of Paris? Welcome to church. I am so glad that you came to worship with us today. I have just a few announcements for you. First up, Sea of Women. The, our annual conference is coming up. It is going to be November 3rd. It's a Friday evening and then Saturday from like 9 to 1. It's $30. You can sign up online. You can sign up in the lobby right now. Lunch is provided Saturday. There will be snacks Friday night. Um, and childcare is an option. So ladies, get signed up for that right now. You won't regret it. Second women's announcement coming up the first three Thursdays in November. Tracy Daughtry is going to be teaching a marriage class. It's like 6 to 7.30 in the evening, so get signed up. You can do that in the lobby as well. We're super excited about all the things that our women's ministry is doing right now. It's so incredible. And then Festival of Pumpkins. We need you to sign up to help with games. We have it broke up to you only have to show up for about two hours, and it's going to be an incredible way just to be in our community. We are so excited about this, but with that, we also need candy. So there's a black drop box by the um, front doors. You can put candy in. You can bring it throughout the week. You can ship it here from Amazon. So please sign up. It's going to be so fun just to hang out. I'm, I'm excited to go with my kids, do it as a family. So get signed up for that. And finally, CF students. It is Fields of Faith this Wednesday. So you're going to be meeting at North Lamar at the football field at 530 for a little tailgate. And then you'll go in, you'll do Fields of Faith. Parents, they should be down about 830. It's going to be incredible. Super, super excited about all the hard work people have put in to make that happen for our entire community of youth. I think that's it, guys. And I am so, so excited to introduce and bring up Melissa Jones. What's up, Sea of Paris? I'm excited. Mm. Hey, y'all bow your heads with me real quick. Lord God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the word that you've given my wife, Lord God. I thank you for the authority that she has through you, through your spirit, alive and well in her today, Lord God, to deliver your word to us. I pray that our hearts would be open, that we would hear, Lord God, your truth, how to rejoice, Lord God, even in the hardest of times. Father, your name be praised, be lifted up. May your peace be upon Melissa right now. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> when, I, when Kimmy did that welcome, it was like, and all the ladies said, Amen. <laughs> Listen, um, I don't know if they're watching now. They, if they're not, they will be. But um, our pastors and mentors and longtime friends for 
the past 20 years of ministry, the Corzines that you maybe have met, um, they were going to be here and then they couldn't be here, but they called and prayed for me and encouraged me. So I just want to say thank you. I appreciated that so much. Um, I want to thank Will and the team for, I feel like I'm doing like an accept, acceptance speech. <laughs> I want to <laughs> get ready, y'all. Um, I want to thank Will and the team because those songs were exactly what I needed and they just, it's what's right here, you guys. It's what God is speaking. So um, thank you to Will and the team. I want to thank Corey, your pastor, my husband, for, sh for actually asking me to share this morning. Um, it's an honor. And if this is your first time here, hi. Uh, my name is Melissa, and I am married to lead pastor Corey Jones, and we have three kids, um, one in college and two in high school, and I think they're all in the building. <laughs> I see two. Where's the boy? Where are the boys? There's my boys. Okay. And my girls. And my girls. Um, so most, of, most Sundays, I lead worship. I'm up here with the worship team. Um, I am a... By God's design, I'm a creative. I create things. Um, I'm an artist, visual artist, and um, and music artist. I'm an Enneagram Nine, uh, Wing One. If that says anything to you, I don't know what that means. Um, but if if you can figure me out by me saying that, that's I'm an Enneagram Nine. I have to ask somebody every time our friends start to talk about it. I'm like, what am I? Okay, I don't know. Anyway, that's a little bit. Um, God is doing something in this church. Amen. It's 100% true. And he's been doing something in our pastors and our staff team as a whole um, in this church family. When I see you worshiping and when I hear about you digging into the word by be, being involved in Bible studies and community groups. And when I hear and see you serving the community and loving people well, um, it just reinforces that God is at work and uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and there's a, uh, a community-wide body of believers that are beginning to really unify, um, which is exciting, and um, I'm very excited about that. The generation coming up behind us, which I am very, I believe in wholeheartedly, um, not only um, our students, but our Club 15 that's coming up that I know that you're excited about. Um, that generation coming up, behind us is going to, it's going to be a powerful one. That's for sure. So I just thank and praise God for this moment in time. Um, it's exciting. Today, I am going to continue on the Rise Up series that was started by sharing some thoughts on rejoicing. I thought, what am I going to share? I'm going to share about something I know that would be wise for my first time in this position. So I'm going to share some thoughts on rejoicing, what rejoicing is, why we should rejoice, and how we can rejoice. And so we're t entitling this message, Rise Up and Rejoice. Um, would you stand with me and be encouraged by the reading of God's word? Here's the deal, and, and I have a lot of notes, but that's because the font is about this big and don't, so don't be scared when I'm just continually flipping paper. It's, it's real. I hear you, Danny. You know it's real. Um, 
So 1 Peter, you can read along or you can just receive it. 1 Peter 1, verse 1 through 7. This is from a letter from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him, and you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. And even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. And it being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you that you go before us in all things. I thank you that you're with us now. You never leave us, Lord. I give you this message. Father, give us ears to hear. We believe that you have a word that you want us to receive from you right now today. And so, Father, speak to us, speak through me. In the name of Jesus, I ask, amen. And you can be seated. Now, in preparation for this uh, sabbatical that Corey and I took, that we were given and we received, it was a wonderful gift. We had been coached by... uh, a sabbatical coach. And he was out of uh, Kansas City, so we were doing Zoom coaching sessions, and we had planned for our absence. We were ready to take time to unplug and rest and quiet our minds and make space for God and our family. And our coach, who I lovingly quickly referred to as Uncle Ed, just because that's what I do, um, He instructed us and encouraged us to play and pray. Play and pray. So if it was work, don't do it. If if you thought it, if it might be work to somebody, but if it's not work to you, then do it. But if it's work to you, don't do it. Okay, I could subscribe to that for six weeks. Um, So we were about two to three days in, and. Corey and Grayson's sister, Grayson, by the way, is he plays keys, and he's my brother. He's bro- brother-in-law. Um, he's Corey's brother. And um, their sister, Shelly, um, who has been here several times, she came to visit for about a week to kick off um, our sabbatical while she was on break from teaching. Uh, she teaches in a college in Jerusalem. Um, and thank you for continuing to pray for her because she is there and she is giving us... Uh, daily or pretty, pretty much daily uh, reviews. 
of what's going on. Um, we were catching up and kids were coming in and out. It was summer, so I don't need to describe to you the the chaos in our home. Um, kids were coming in and out. It was a steady cycle of food and dishes and laundry and food and dishes and laundry, which I'm happy to do, guys. I'm happy to do. <laughs> I did all their laundry at some point. Uh, but anyway, it was a resting time too. And let me pause and tell you that Corey's studies, thank you, Daddy. Um, Corey's stories, rather, that he tells are of mountain climbing in the Pacific Northwest, and he tells stories of going to Africa and being on safari, and he tells stories of studying in Australia and most recently going on like four by four excursions. Um, my story is about laundry, okay? <laughs> so thank you, I mean, I keep it real. God can speak to you on the mountaintop and God can speak to you in a pile of laundry, I'm telling you right now. So, um, my story is about laundry. And for weeks prior to sabbatical, before, well, uh, we did no social media. Let me back up. We did no social media to speak of. Um, before I signed off on social media and all my devices um, for most Part, most of the part of the six-week sabbatical, which I highly encourage because when I got back, I forgot to turn back on notifications and some of you have been messaging me on different things and I didn't know, so I'm sorry, but I have notifications turned back on now. Please forgive. Um, so anyway, I saw this gal on TikTok, um, on the TikTok, uh, and she was, I'm on laundry TikTok. That's how cool I am. Um, and I saw this girl and she put a cup of white vinegar in her liquid laundry detergent, okay? And it was supposed to like freshen it up and um, as a kind of a natural fabric softener. Um, and it whitened and it brightened and it deodorized and it made everything fluffy. And I knew this to be true because I had tried it before. I, I was like, okay, I can do that. So I tried it. I like all those little hacks. And so on this first week of sabbatical, supplied with a new jug of liquid laundry detergent, and I'm, I'm shopping, I'm always shopping for different detergents and I don't know why, but I should just stick with something. But I'm just like, ooh, cause that's, ooh, 11 cents per fluid ounce. Oh, like 12 cents for, per fluid ounce. Um, I'm, that's what I do. And um, so on this, this moment, I was like, ooh, I'm gonna do that trick again, right? So I got my laundry detergent. And this was the one I was using at the time. Um, and I did like this, and I poured a little bit of vinegar in there, what I believe to be about a cup. And I <laughs> took, put the cap back on, I secured the cap, and then I shook to mix, okay? You know, <laughs> you know where this is going. And I shook it, and I wasn't paying attention because again, all the things, and I had literally piles of laundry around me. And so I shook it, and then I put it down. I was like, what in the world? And before my very eyes, it began to expand. It began to expand, and I was like, I, and then it started to speak. It started to like groan, like the bowels of a submarine or something. It, it began to speak. It took on the form of a sphere, 
Okay, you see it now? It was a sphere. And everything in my head was like, get it outside, get it outside, get it outside. And if you guys know where my laundry room is, if you've been there, you know, it's a very confined space. So I was like, get it outside, get it outside. But everything in me was like, I don't know, my hand went to the cap. (laughs) And I turned it not even a full turn, okay? And it was the volcanic reaction inside this tub was beginning to squirt out the sides with force. And all I could do was hold it and be like, no, 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 no. You know, like that Steve Carell meme that he's like, no, 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 no. Okay, so it's like, no, 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 no. At that time, Shelly and Corey are in the living room, and Shelly runs around the corner, and she's just like, what? And I'm like, oh, and she's like, ah, and Corey is like two steps behind her, and he sees what's happening, and he takes two (laughs) massive steps back. (laughs) Massive steps back, and I'm like, oh, wise one. (laughs) At that moment, it can only be described by the coincidentally named laundry detergent. Ocean burst, okay? Like I have no, all I heard, like it just blew, it just in, I was hovering over it and it, in my face and all, everything went black. And all I could hear, Shelly was like, my eyes, my eyes. And when I tell you, Everything within a 15-foot radius was absolutely covered in blue slime. I'm talking all the piles of laundry, tile floors, up the walls, in the cabinets, my open pantry, popcorn ceilings. And I'm telling you what, that is what it is now because there's never, you can't do anything about it. So um, that's my story. Um, (laughs) A few leisurely loads of laundry on a summer's day turned into a full on just work, which I was not supposed to be doing. But God, and why do I tell you this story? Because the fact that I've been waiting to, I've just, I've been looking for a reason to tell it. But, um, <laughs> but it also reminds me of joy that cannot be contained. Okay? Joy that cannot be contained. You're covered with it. It's written all over your face. It's in everything you do. It's in everything you say. Typically, this is easy to be overflowing with joy when things are going well. Yes, we've heard this. I'm going to say things you've heard before, y'all. The bills are paid and there's a little bit extra. Dinner's in the crock pot. I mean, that's a big thing sometimes. You don't have to worry about it. Um, the laundry is done. The kids are obeying. You're caught up at work. You're feeling good. You've got a little trip planned. Your, your trip is booked. Um, life is good, but that's not the kind of rejoicing I want to focus about today. I want us all to get there, 
where we are overflowing with joy that cannot be contained. But for those reasons, not for those reasons, but for the reasons of joy in the Lord. But today I want to look at the kind of rejoicing when it's hard to rejoice. When you're struggling, when things are going wrong, when there's turmoil in your home, when your grown kids are struggling, when somebody is always sick, when you're on a figurative hamster wheel, whether you're an adult, like getting up, going to work, whatever that contains, and then you come home and it's the same thing and you're exhausted and then you just go to bed and you get up and you do the same thing. Students, you get up, you go to school, you don't want to, but you go, and then you go to practice and it's hard. And then you come home and you have no motivation and you go to sleep and you're exhausted and you wake up and you're exhausted and you're, you're just doing the same thing over and over again. You can't make ends meet, you lose your job, your business deal fell through, you're dealing with a betrayal or a loss, you're tired of waiting on whatever you're waiting for, you're isolated, you're lonely, you feel really low and really sad, and you just can't explain why. When your supply of joy is represented not by this bottle of ocean burst, <laughs> but this, this tube of toothpaste, all these things are from my home, so you know the status of what's going on in my home right now. <laughs> this tube of toothpaste, and if this is you today, or someone you know, I'm so glad you're here. I wanna draw attention to a few scriptures today. We're gonna to start out going back to that passage in 1 Peter. Now the backstory about this passage is, 1 Peter is in the New Testament near the back of your Bible. It's a letter, and it's written by, the, uh, by Peter, who was one of the original disciples. About 60-ish years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And his whole mission was to encourage and lift up and shepherd God's people. Peter wrote this letter to the Jewish and the Gentile Christians who had been displaced or separated from their homeland. They fled because they were under severe suffering and persecution. These were not easy days to be a believer in the Roman Empire. They were being tortured. Terrible things were happening, but Peter was like a hype man. Okay, he was like, I know it's bad. I know, I get it, I know it's bad, but hey, let's rise up, let's rise up. So we're gonna look at it again, but this time in the message, okay? And this is what uh, Peter says in the message. <sighs> what a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead We've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. And then he goes on in verse six and seven. I know how great this makes you feel. Even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime, Pure gold put in a fire comes out of it, proved pure. And genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence. 
of his victory. So he says, look, we're going to rise up. I know it's bad. I know this is not, I, I, I know this is not what you would choose, but we're going to rise up and we're going to rejoice and we're going to keep an eternal perspective. That's what I want us to hear today. What we need to do under trials, struggles, and frustration of life is that we need to rejoice and keep an eternal perspective. Like, thank you. Like one of my son's football coaches um, has said, and I don't know exactly what context it was in, but, uh, <laughs> but he said, we're going to keep the main thing the main thing, okay? We're going to keep the main thing the main thing. I don't know, like I said, what it was about, but it's great advice. You're thinking, are you kidding me? Do you realize what's going on in my life, and do you know how hard things are right now? Don't talk to me about this. Don't talk to me about rising up and rejoicing because you do not know what I'm feeling. But that's the thing. Rejoicing isn't a feeling. Rejoicing is not. The root word of rejoice is joy, which is a noun. It's something you have. Rejoice is a verb, something you do, an action. We make the decision and the choice to rejoice not because we feel like it, but because we actively decide to give to God praise and thanks in all circumstances for who he is, right? So it's less about feelings and more about faith. It's less about maintaining some perfect emotional state or perfect facade on the outside, and it's more about a declaration that my life is worth rejoicing for. Amen? So why rejoice? Two reasons, because of who God is and what he has done. And we sing songs about it all the time. Don't let it get lost. We can rejoice about who God is and what he has done. Looking back at 1 Peter 1, 2, because I am, there's a uh, slide, I think it's slide seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I can rejoice. Why? Because I am chosen. Because his spirit has made me holy, which is consecrated or set apart. Holy is set apart, right? I am rejoicing because I am cleansed. I am rejoicing because I am born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and I have a priceless inheritance. I'm rejoicing for God is what is doing through me and for me right now. I am provided for, my future is secure, nothing can change that, I am rejoicing. Yeah. So God is perfecting our faith in every situation. His purpose is to perfect us, and we're not gonna be perfect until he is done, until he has the final word. And so we can lean into whatever we are facing, and we can still rejoice because it has purpose. There is purpose in that pain. Could it be that when we are going through things, could it be that God is allowing us to experience things because he, have, he has people later on that need to hear your story? Could it be that he is allowing you to go through the fire because there will be people down the road in the not so distant future or 20 years from now 
that need to hear your story so you can give them hope for a future and you can give them joy. This is the stuff that just ripples out from chaos. It ripples out from all the bad things that happen if we choose to rejoice through it. Okay, James said it like this. In James 1, 2 through 3, he said, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Amen? We know that the testing of our faith is doing something. It's producing something. It's strengthening us. Uh, perseverance is not fun <laughs> a lot of times when you're persevering through something. But when you think about what it does, it makes us stronger. It's going to finish its work because the Bible says Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So let it have its work. Take a breath and let it have its work. We're not going to lack anything through those fires. The word of God says so. Why? We're going through those fires to refine us and to purify us. This next scripture I would like to look at is another letter. In 1 Thessalonians, written by the Apostle Paul to the believers in Thessalonica, it was a little bit, a letter of like a little bit correction, a little bit challenge, like, to a, like a charge, a little bit comfort, a little bit encouragement for them to stay, stay the course, basically, and to stay kingdom-minded, even though things weren't going their way either. What is kingdom-minded? Kingdom-minded is to keep God at the center of all we do, being aware of our words and actions, whether they would glorify God. It's reaching out to others and serving. It's having a servant heart. That's what being kingdom-minded is all about. It's the very heart of God. And Paul closes his letter with this to-do list that we're going to read here to help the church in their daily living and relating to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5:11 through 18 in the NIV. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. See? You have a story. Even though you're not on the other side yet completely, or maybe you have been, it's something that you have been brought through. You have a story, and that's what you can do to encourage one another. You can be real with each other. You can be like, you know what? I know it doesn't look like it, but this happened, or I did this, or I said this, or I thought this, and I just want to tell you that God got me through it, right? Amen? That's how we encourage one another. So now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but also strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, these commands are pretty simple. Rejoice always. Give thanks continually. 
pray continually, give thanks in everything, okay? They're simple commands, but following them certainly isn't. The only way we can do this is knowing and trusting that God is working something out in our lives, that he's working behind the scenes, trusting that there's a purpose. He's working in you. He has a plan and a purpose. He's perfecting you, okay? It's not for nothing. It's not for nothing. And the unknowns are the hardest place to rejoice. When you don't know what's ahead, you don't know the who, you don't know the what, you don't know the when, the where, or the how, but you know who does. You know who does. One more passage of scripture in Philippians. And before I go there, I just want to say that our church, our church body is so blessed with a wonderful source of wise, biblically sound men and women who give of themselves out of obedience of God to teach the rest of us. (laughs) Um, This past June, two of those women, Pam Russell and Kathy Harville, provided a four-week study. Raise your hand if you were a part of that phenomenal. Um, it was a four-week study in Philippians entitled, I mean, it sounds kind of daunting, but it, call, it said the surpassing value of knowing Christ, which is a lot. Um, but the surpassing value of knowing Christ, it was a Beth Moore study. And man, oh man, the second the story was complete, I just wanted to flip the book over and start over again because it was that good. And ladies and guys, do not, I just want to tell you, don't sleep on the Bible studies and the community groups and the things that are going on under this roof alone. And I know that there's studies and, and, and groups all over town, but under this roof alone, there are so many. And this is a time where they're even becoming, there's becoming more. So please, please get involved. And why I'm pausing, there's, there's some in the daytime, there's some in the evenings, just ask someone if you, if you can't find it. Um, But while I'm paused, I do want to reiterate that we have a women's conference coming up November 3rd and 4th, and it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. There are so many women that are planning out every detail, so it's special. Just the food and the activities and the the worship and the the messages and just the the way to create community and um, leave with new friends and new connections. So please be a part of that. I will also be sharing more stories about Pastor Corey. So, uh, (laughs) sign up for that. Uh, Okay, back to Philippians. Um, He's a good sport. Philippians 3, 1. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I write to you again about this. To write to you about that. Okay, I'm going to start over. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me. And it is a safeguard for you. So how do we think rejoicing could keep us safe? Well, because when we are not, this is exactly, thank you, Will Walker, because when we are not rejoicing, we are probably living in a pit. We are doing the complete opposite. We're discouraged, we're self-focused, we're isolated, which is right where the enemy wants us to be. At those times, we are the most vulnerable to the enemy attacking us. And sometimes we think that we don't have a reason to rejoice. And that may seem true, at least that's what the devil would want you to believe. However, first, it tells us to rejoice in the Lord, not to rejoice about the circumstances or rejoice what you're walking through. 
you rejoice in the Lord. We choose to take our focus off of us and what's around us, and we are focusing upward. We are focusing on the Lord and how great he is, who he is, and what he's done for us. Okay? So a couple of rapid-fire scriptures to back this up, just in case you're taking notes. John 10.10. We know that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, and that Jesus has come to give us life abundantly. But, Psalm 121, I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. A couple of weeks ago, how am I doing? I'm going to land this plane in a minute. Um, (laughs) I feel like I'm just, I want to get it all in. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Common Table, which is a diverse and growing group of pastors, local pastors and churches in our area, hosted a pastor's dinner right here at 3410. And we had the honor and the privilege of hearing from the Dr. Tony Evans um, right here. And I was mesmerized by the truth and the wisdom that just poured and flowed out of him. So I've been listening to more of his teachings. Took some notes of another message given by him that I wanted to share with you, it was so good. He said, when you've lived long enough, it becomes pretty clear that life is not a playground, but a battleground. We're not talking about just being overwhelmed or normal ups and downs. But this is when you are full on under attack by the devil and his demons, when all hell is breaking loose on you and it feels like your world is being shattered, feels like your dreams are destroyed, feels like your hopes are dimmed. You've got to recognize the truth that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Ephesians 6, 12 says it. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. See, it's so much that God, as much as God is for you, there is someone who is not. There is someone who is against you, and it's the enemy, the devil, Satan, whoever you want to call it. And he's pretty okay at what he does. But my God is greater. And my God is stronger. And my God has already won the victory over sin and death. Amen? Amen. So does anyone have any people problems? Anything get a little peopley? Too peopley? Or maybe just a specific person problem? This is another thing that Dr. Evans said that I was like, whoo. He said, people aren't the source of your problem. They may be the conduit for your problem, but they are not the source of your problem. So if you attack the resource instead of the source, all you've done is created a delay for it to come back. The fruit of the problem is not the root of the problem. 
The fruit of the problem is not the root of the problem. We've got to move past the noise of heartbreak. It's real, but we've got to move past the noise, the deafening noise of heartbreak and disappointment and discouragement, the lies of the devil when he's telling you that you're not enough and that you won't be enough and that you don't have enough, that this will never change, that this will never get better. And hear the Holy Spirit, the small voice. calling us to rise up in a battle position of rejoicing and worship. We also say that we sing about it. And, and, and as I'm reading through this and planning this, it's like all these worship songs are coming to me like, yeah, we sing that, we sing that, we sing that. Worship is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Joy is a weapon. Raise a hallelujah in the presence of your enemies. Worship and praise, Psalm 22, 3. Worship and praise brings joy to the hearts of those who enter in wholeheartedly because God inhabits our praises. And as God inhabits our praises with his powerful presence, we are overcome with joy. Even as we speak our praises out loud, the atmosphere changes you felt it before, even if you don't know what it is. The atmosphere changes when we worship, regardless of what we might be feeling or experiencing. The story in Acts 16 about Paul and Silas being chained in, dungeon, in a dungeon of a prison. They made joyful praise and worship, and literally an earthquake <laughs> broke their chains because they worshiped. Praising God out loud breaks us free of the chains of the enemy's plans to take our minds captive, to take our emotions captive, and even our physical bodies. The enemy cannot remain where our praises reign. And I'm not trying to be like kitschy or anything, but it's the truth. Our enemy cannot remain where our praises reign. So, how to rejoice, first of all. And thank you for being patient with me. Choose. Choose. We're going to choose. We're going to take inventory and we're going to speak truth. And I'm going to break those down just for a second. We're going to choose. We all have choices and we constantly make choices. Our choices guide the moments of our life in either direction. There's a book that many of you have been given for free. We have a ton of them, and I don't know if we have any more, but we've been giving them out. And if you want one, we'll find you one. Uh, it's called Holy Moments by Matthew Kelly. You can read it. I'm not even a reader. I mean, I am now through sabbatical. I'm reading more, but, um, and I love it, but I'm not even a reader. And I read this like in 30 minutes, and I'll read it 30 more times in my life. It is great. It was great. It was a great book that was shared with us by our friend, Father Gavin, over at Our Lady of Victory. Um, I believe, that's right, right? Okay. Uh, um, with this, like, common table, like, everything's, like, we're sharing, we're doing, we're, like, mm, we're experiencing things. It's so fun um, to celebrate the main thing, keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, so, anyway, this book is great. 
And um, a couple of those things out of that book were we are not born great decision makers. We're not. It's something that has to be learned. And we've all heard that it's your choices have consequences. And we've been talking a lot about this in our home. Um, choices have consequences. And a lot of times when you're talking to your kids, the emphasis is usually placed on poor choices. Like, don't do that because there's a consequence. Poor choices render consequences. Um, but the beautiful thing about choices and positive choices is that you've always got more choices to make. There's always another choice to make. And I think we're doing a disservice if we don't major on the positive choices that we see the people around us making. Our kids, our friends, people that we don't even know, but we recognize a positive choice from from a negative choice. And I think we need to really major on those positive, positive choices. So, choices got you here today, and thank you for coming. You chose to come. Maybe you were surprised. You were like, whoa, this is not what I thought I was getting. Ah! Um, but choices got you here today. Figuratively, choices got you wherever you are. And if you don't like where you are, make another choice. Okay? Our choices have power, and we need to celebrate the consequences or the effects of making wise, positive choices. Choosing to rejoice no matter what is a positive choice. I mentioned it earlier that the unknowns are hard places to rejoice. So I rejoice in what I know. And this is the take inventory part. You take inventory of what you know, that you're chosen, set apart, cleansed, born again. You have a priceless inheritance. I am provided for. My future is secure, and nothing can change that. Because sometimes you have to inform the pain of our feelings about what our faith knows is true. We have to inform the pain of our feelings about what our faith knows to be absolutely true. And that's what leads me to you have to speak the truth. Church, you cannot be separated from the love of God. Period. You have a living hope, and his name is Jesus. You have a constant helper, and he is the Holy Spirit. Your struggles and trials are not wasted. Our God's goodness and mercy follows you always. These are truths, and they're all over the Bible. As you choose to say these things over and over again, as you begin to praise him and exalt him over your circumstances, speaking life, telling yourself to rise up, to wake up, to stand up, he will fill you with his joy. He will fill you with his strength. He will fill you with his courage and divine eternal perspective. Joy of the Lord will not just fall on us without pressing close to him. You must press close to him. If you make space for him, he will fill it. That's something that God has been telling me for the last eight weeks. If you make space for me, I will fill it. And this reminds me of the last story I'm going to tell. Something else that happened on sabbatical. uh, I started taking morning walks to clear my mind and make space for God. 
about eight weeks ago. And then Corey said, hey, I'd like you to speak on October 15th. And I was like, okay, this is going to be out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to walk it out and I'm going to make space for God and he's going to give me something. And over the course of the eight weeks, it's just like things were like, oh, oh, that. You told me that seven weeks ago. Oh, four weeks ago, you told me that. And it all came to this moment. But the best walks were in Colorado. <laughs> not going to lie, and not to brag, but um, <laughs> I mean, the air and the pine trees and the aspen trees and the streams and the wildflowers and the beautiful scenery, I mean, it was wonderful. And once we got back, I just walked different routes around my neighborhood or on the trail. And on my walks, I typically would listen to a specific Bible podcast or a, pl a playlist or something while I was looking for treasures. Uh, and a few people know this about me. Um, I pick up trash. <laughs> and off the side of the road. Um, specific, like rusty junk to incorporate into my art. Um, nuts, bolts, nails, old keys, rusty, chippy hinges. Um, I've picked up guitars out of the trash can that are busted and I painted them. Um, just all sorts of wild stuff. Weed eater string. Um, <laughs> You will not walk through my neighborhood and see just random weed eater string, but thank you for anybody in the lawn service industry because you are adding to my art. <laughs> but my latest favorite is, I know you're like, you are weird. Um, my latest favorite are washers. Uh, you know, the washers that go between like nuts and bolts and the whole thing. Um, are you, yeah. So um, day after day, I'd see more washers. I saw them here. I picked them up in Florida. I picked them up in Colorado. I came back. I picked up more. And, I, I, you know, it got me thinking, like, Lord, is there something to the washers? Like, what is this? Because, I mean, it's really cool and for me. And um, what, is there something to it? And I would, like, ask one of my friends, Molly, um, I was like, what do you think this is? And she's like, I don't know. And we would like toss things back and forth. Um, but we were just, we didn't know. Um, and I kind of got used, after weeks of finding them, I got used to it. I almost expected it. And I would come back and I would take pictures of what I found just for myself. You know, because sometimes you just have to make those reminders so you can look back and see what God has done. And so... For a while I was picking them up and then it just stopped. No washers, no really anything, no little treasures, no little Easter eggs, no little fun stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just, if, if not today, that's okay. I'm just going to keep on walking, keep on listening. But it was kind of like the Lord got quiet. And so I waited. Um, but then I thought, what if I go in a different direction? I had a choice, and I made a choice to go in a different direction. And you've heard this too, you can't expect change or something to change if you just stay doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So I turned around, and I went in a different direction. My earbuds had run out of battery, so I didn't have my playlist, and I didn't have my music. Um, 
And so it was just like, okay, it's just me and you today, God. Um, and this is what I know. If you make space for God, he will fill it. Because that was the greatest 45 minutes of just rejoicing and listening to him. And I found tons <laughs> of washers everywhere I looked. And I was like, giddy. I was like, you know, when they throw the Easter eggs out in the lawn and the kids are like, what? And putting the, I had a hoodie on and I was shoving them in my hoodie and in my pockets and my leggings. I found tons. They were everywhere, all different sizes, all different finishes. So it wasn't just like one box of washers fell off a trailer. It was like some of them have been there forever and some of them are just brand new. And I was just like picking them all up. And I'm like, okay, there's something to this, right? I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. Hey, Siri, what's the definition of a washer? That's what I do. The primary purpose of most washers is for load distribution from the threaded fastener with which they are used. A washer may also provide strength, security, and provide protection. Now, is it just me, or does that sound a little bit like my Jesus? <laughs> Please keep that slide up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> this might be the only chance I get, so hold on. Okay. <laughs> really sorry. Um, Matthew 11:28 28 through 30, New Living Translation. Then Jesus said, come to me, who are all of all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear because it's distributed. Amen. And the burden I give you is light. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Psalm 63, 8, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Psalm 23, 4, even when I walk through the darkest of valleys, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me and your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And just because I love a good play on words, Jesus is the literal washer. <laughs> By his blood shed on Calvary's cross, he washed away all of our sins. He's the real Mr. Clean. Okay? He's the original magic eraser with all due respect. <laughs> he loved you then and he loves you now and he can't stop loving you because it's not in his nature. Yeah. Are we catching this? There was always a reason to rejoice. So as I close. <laughs> if your supply of joy can be represented by this tube and you have been squeezed, and you have been scraped and pushed, and you are empty. Or this soap that also was represented in our house today, there's nothing in it. Or this conditioner, there's nothing in it. I need to go to the store. Um, but if that's not a metaphor, okay? 
If that is the, is the, uh, the supply of your joy, and you're empty, and it's hard for you to find words to utter because I do not want to, I, I do not want to acknowledge that. I mean, I'm having fun up here, but I know that it's real. But by faith, a simple seed of faith, if you don't remember anything else, just say, I am not alone and he loves me. And these are words that God dropped in me. Like there's, these aren't by accident and I don't know who needs to hear it. I didn't, I didn't choose these words to end this, but I am not alone and he loves me. And I'm going to give you three chances to join in and say this with me because right now, can you imagine if all of us gathered in this room by faith said that together, what God could do, the chains that he could literally break off, no matter how big, no matter how heavy, no matter how light. So I'm going to give you three chances. Would you stand with me and rise up and choose to rejoice and celebrate in the fact saying, I am not alone and he loves me. Say it, I am not alone and he loves me. I am not alone and he loves me. I am not alone and he loves me. And as believers, we need to learn to celebrate this more.